There are a number of billionaire legends in the investment space who all speak quite openly about the massive economics that they see on the horizon. But one of them is Ray Dalio, who I've discussed many times and cited his research on the changing world order. The other is Paul Singer. And in today's video, I'm going to break down why he just said the quote, it's hard to avoid the conclusion that investors aren't nearly as worried as they should be. Now, why would he be saying that when the news is trying to convince everyone to stay calm? Well, let's pull back that curtain. And I'm going to show you the truth of what's really happening. Coming up. I'm Lynette Zhang, Chief Market Analyst here at ITM Trading, a full service physical. This is the only way to buy it, people. Gold and silver dealer specializing in custom strategies that are frankly based upon my work on currency life cycles, which I've been studying since 1987. What we are seeing without a doubt is the end of the current iteration of the fiat money, the government-based money system. And look, there have been lots and lots of iterations of currencies that no longer will buy you a loaf of bread. So what's happening right now? Because without a doubt, the patterns are all telling me that this is the end. But does Wall Street want you to think it's the end? Do the governments and the central banks want you to think it's the end? No, no, no. And they know how to do it. They've done it so many times in the past. But economists boost U.S. growth projections and reduce recession odds, even though we have had an inverted yield curve which has accurately predicted every single recession, particularly since we went on this fiat money system, and we are now in the longest inversion in history. It doesn't mean anything. This time is different. It is different, I'm gonna give them that, because we are at the end of this system right now. Economists boost third quarter growth projection on stronger consumer. Are you freaking kidding me? Do you really think that the consumer is stronger? We're gonna look at that, give me a sec. Wall Street grows increasingly optimistic on the outlook. As insiders are getting out, the dumb money is getting in. This is perception management at its evilest. But what are we looking here? Third quarter, well, they've been saying, oh, third quarter growth. 3%, is that because inflation is back? Now, that was the September survey. The October survey, boop, 35, 3.5% is what they expect the GDP to be. But a component of the GDP is inflation. So are they expecting inflation to roar back? And that's gonna have an impact on the GDP. And is that going to be good for the average person? Uh, no, it will not be good. So how does that higher for longer interest rates impact the consumer? Because that's what the Fed is telling us they're gonna do. They've got interest rates up above 5% and they're gonna keep them there for a long time, which impacts your ability to grow more debt. And we are already seeing the cracks and, and in the lie. Hmm. 
Same date, let's see, October 21st, car owners fall behind on payments at the highest rate on record. Oh yeah, yeah, that's a strong consumer, don't you think? The risk of everything imploding and repossession is rising for many Americans facing a budget crunch. Well, you know, that could be maybe good for oil prices because they won't have to worry about it at the gas pump. But with interest rate hikes making newer loans more expensive, millions of car owners are struggling to afford their payments. It's a clear indication of distress at a time when the economy is sending mixed signals, uh, particularly about the health of consumer spending. But we've got most of the population that have zero goose eggs in savings. And even if they're trying to save this, you have inflation eroding their, the ability to maintain your purchasing power. That's why you got to have this. Because this does exactly that. Its most important function is to hold your purchasing power intact. But hey, they're counting on the consumer, aren't they? So what do we have here? Oh, consumer credit liability level, well over a trillion bucks. And look at how much. These gray bars that you see in there, those are official recessions. Now they can call a recession or not, right? So they're choosing not to at this point. But what has been the answer since we went to a debt-based system? More debt, more debt, more debt, more debt. What is the stimulus that the government issues? I mean, China just came out and boy, they're, they're doing stimulus to support the economy. It's more debt. There you go, people. But debt only makes it seem or appear that you're doing well. At some point, you gotta pay the piper. So when we were stimulating the economy, 2020, Yup, delinquency rates on credit card loans went down pretty dramatically because people weren't going out of their houses and they weren't really shopping. And so that enabled them to pay down that debt. But, oh my goodness, look at what's happening now. And oh, by the way, it has broken a level. So can you see this cup formation, right? Now, is this pervasive just yet? No, but it has broken a key level, which means that the next most likely outcome is that this debt is gonna go back up, the delinquency on this debt rather, is gonna go back up to here and maybe go beyond that. We got a problem. We got a big problem. And the consumer is not going to be able to support the, old, the whole economy. It's just not, but that's what they're telling you is going to make everything just okay. Because after all, jobless claims fall, but the labor market remains red hot and continuing claims rise. So jobless claims fall, continuing claims rise, which tells you that continuing claims is a proxy for the number of people receiving unemployment benefits. And that rose to blah, blah, blah. That marked the highest level since July, indicating that those losing their jobs may be having more trouble finding new ones. And with nothing in savings, 
tell me how the consumer is going to keep this economy propped up. You tell me. It's garbage. Don't believe the man behind the curtain. And what we're looking at is a rates sell-off. In other words, with these interest rates up at nosebleed, well, for, for where they've been since 2008, at nosebleed levels, it seeps through all corners of the credit market. That's the debt market. And what I want you to understand in here is this is, this is a key indication of the popping of the debt bubble, right? Interest rates, market value. When interest rates go up, what happens to that market value? It goes down, and I'm going to show you another example of that shortly. Just kind of bear with me. But investment grade yields have surged to the highest since when? Oh my goodness, 2009, the great financial crisis. So we're watching history in the making. What are you going to do about it? Because this will impact everybody, including me, who has been preparing for this in earnest since, well, I've been buying gold and silver in earnest since 2002, but the food, water, energy, security, barterability, wealth preservation, community, and shelter, I have been doing that in earnest since 2010 when I bought this property because I 100% knew in 2008, that's when the system died and they just put it on life support. This is, this is your stimulus. But here's the problem with that, right? So you're seeing these rates go up, the highest level, which means the market value is going down. But here's the other problem with that. Do you really trust the grading agencies, the rating agencies, Moody's, S&P, et cetera? Because I've shown you in the recent past how they've changed their criteria to keep, especially in that triple B area, which is the lowest level of investment grade, and they've modified their criteria so that things look like they're investment grade when they're really not. We haven't seen the results of that yet. That is still in our very near future, but this could easily be an indication of the next crisis. Because, you know, I love it when they go back to 2008, 2009, 1971, 1980, 1913, 1933. You know, that's what we're hearing all the time. Oh, it hasn't been like this. Or 1787, for God's sakes, on bonds. You know, so, so what we're seeing is the absolute loss and the popping of the debt bubble. You better be to safety. It better be to safety because it seeps through all the corners of the credit market. Okay, well, here's your credit market. And these different colors represent high-grade treasuries, treasuries, the foundation of the global system, high-grade bonds, 10-plus years to maturity. That's this line. Oops, lost my... That's this line, right? Remember... If you issue a bond, this has the least level of volatility. The longer you go out, the steeper that decline. Can you see it? Right? Or, or rise if they lower rates, right? Which is what they're trying to sell you on as the big players are leaving. They want you, the public, to take it in the shorts yet again. 
So in all cases, and then triple C grade, which is below investment grade, it's junk quality. What they want is they want you, the public, to take over and support all these other markets so that at the end of the day, you're the one that ends up with nothing because that's your zero line. All of them are having losses across every quality level just because of what I show you with this chopstick. And, and it really is that simple. It really is. But what do they want you to do? Buy the 10-year at 5%. When the commercial banks are out, foreign governments and foreign central banks are out, our own Federal Reserve is getting out and not buying, presumably. But they want you to do it because you, my friend, are not too big to fail. So I got to ask you, do you really think this is a good idea? This is a good idea. This is a good idea. Because these, and especially gold, the Bank for International Settlement said, the only financial asset that runs no counterparty risk. All of these bonds, all of these bonds, bonds are a debt instrument. They're all counterparty risk. You are counting on that counterparty to pay that bond. And we've been watching defaults increase, haven't we? Too bad, so sad. What are you going to do about it? Okay. U.S. budget deficit. This is what the government's going to do about it. Because they're having trouble selling this debt, they will take on more and more, they will create more and more debt, and the budget deficit swells to $1.7 trillion in fiscal 2023 as revenue tumbles. And that's true for all of us, whether you are a government, a corporation, or an individual. If your debt swells and your income, your ability to repay that debt declines, what happens? You're probably going to be okay for a while as long as you can continue to take on more debt or you have assets that you can sell to service the current debt. But at some point, you run out of those abilities. Is the U.S. near there? Because we have a completely dysfunctional government. And by the way, just before Thanksgiving, we have a looming government shutdown. And oh, by the way, starting in January of 2024, we have all those oil-producing nations, but the most important one to the U.S. dollar, Saudi Arabia. Guess what? They become official members of the BRICS nation. If you are a U.S. citizen counting on U.S. dollars, we have enjoyed a very long run and we could afford to be fiscally irresponsible. But those habits that they've created since 71, at some point you got to pay the, the piper. And the 10-year treasury surges, sparking worries about higher borrowing costs. The 10-year treasury yield surges, sparking worry about the foundation of the global financial system. The U.S. government's budget deficit increased 23%, but everything is okay. Don't worry about it. Don't look at the man behind the curtain. Revenues fell 9% due to lower income tax receipts and rising interest rates cut the amount of money the Federal Reserve deposited at the Treasury. All this funny business stuff. 
And while the ballooning gap coincides with a surprisingly resilient U.S. economy, because corporations are, are afraid to fire because it's getting harder, it's been since the, since the 2020, it's been getting harder and harder to hire and getting workers into the office, right? It also points to longer-term fiscal risks that in recent months have spurred fresh warnings from economists, politicians, and credit rating agencies. But don't worry about it. It's all just fine. This time is different, except that we've sparked, these are the Fed funds rates, right? The interest rates that the Federal Reserve accurately or absolutely controls the overnight rates. And this is the value of the bonds that they're holding in their, their portfolio and their ability to send the treasury money. Boom. See it? Boom. Interest rates up, principal values down. But that doesn't matter because you, the taxpayer, is responsible for all of this. Not Jerome Powell or anybody that sits on that, the FOMC, but you and me, the taxpayer is responsible for all of this. And they're going to keep it higher for a longer, which makes it worse and worse and worse. And do not believe the lies that these big commercial banks are okay, because guess what? That's what their stuff that they're holding. Ah, we'll hold it to maturity, right? We're not going to, we're not going to worry about any stinking loss of principle. Guess what? This can only happen for so long. You are watching a financial crisis unfold. And when Hemingway was asked how he went bankrupt, what did he say? Slowly at first and then rapidly. When you see it, it's too late. The time to get prepared is I'm thankful I started in 2010. The next best time to get prepared is today while you still have options, while you still can. Because this reflects the loss of market value of all banks treasury holdings. We are sold a bill of goods that, hey, they can print the money that they need to repay you. But if that money buys you nothing, then you tell me what good it is to you. A trillion times zero is zero. Can I rip up this gold coin? No, I can't. I can't even bend it. How about this silver coin? No, I can't. I can't even bend it. But with this stuff, all day long, it's easy peasy because it is just promises. Full faith and credit is what supports government money, fiat money. That means as long as you trust them, you have faith, you will continue to loan them money, extend them credit. It's done. The whole system is based on continuously compounding credit. And that whole thing is falling apart, not in a week, not in a year, not in 20 years, today. What are you going to do about it? Paul Singer says world's most perilous that, oh, world more perilous than markets pricing in. Um, uh-huh. And that it's hard to avoid the conclusion that investors aren't nearly as worried as they should be. 
So if you have gold and it keeps bumping its head at 2000, are you thinking, oh gee, this is a good time to sell. It's going a whole lot higher in terms of fiat because this is what they do. Gold is all intrinsic value because it's used across the entire swatch of the global economy. This stuff is used in one place. And I've got a whole history of currencies and what they do is they revalue this when the public has lost confidence into this. What do you want to be holding when that happens with these dollars? You want to be holding these or you want to be holding this? This is what I hold. I know what this really is. Wild treasury swings just starting as bond traders buckle up. The traders, that's the professional money they're getting out. They're demanding more because the risk that they're taking is not being compensated by that paltry interest rate. Why would you, why would you risk your entire principal for a teeny bit of interest? A surprisingly strong U.S. economy and a mixed signals from the Federal Reserve have fueled some of the wildest swing in treasuries. That's your foundation. Do you want your house built on a foundation like that? I don't get out. If, if your house is going like this, your foundation is going, are you going to stay in that house? Are you going to stay in this house? No, you're going to get out. When do we, I mean, when are you going to know this? Dubbed as the world's safest asset, treasuries have proven anything but recently as dramatic moves in yield become an almost daily occurrence. It's going to be a rough ride, so buckle up. Wow. Are you buckled? Because this is your buckle and your seatbelt. That's what you're looking at right here. This is your liberty. This is your freedom. And guess what? Freedom is not free. And convenience is not convenient. It just puts you in a position that you don't realize what's happening. That's not a good thing. So let's take a look because inflation remains stubborn. Shocker. We're at the end of the system. And I'm going to tell you, I've told you this once, once the inflation numbers started going up, that that was the start of the hyperinflation. I maintain that opinion. I maintain that opinion. But what about gold? Is gold a safe haven? Because if you listen to these talking heads on TV, CNBC, Bloomberg, etc., they want you to think that it's not. And so, hey, they can create a whole bunch of gold and silver that does not exist and suppress the price so that you don't flock to the only true proven safe haven asset. Get out of the system. The answer that they came up with, with this paper is the aim of this paper is to examine the role of gold in the global financial system. And what did they find? Looking at specific crisis periods, we find that gold was a strong safe haven for most developed markets during the peak of the recent financial crisis. No poopy, Sherlock. 
and you can change words as you see fit. It's very simple. This is, the whole system is breaking down right now. You have a choice. The time to get prepared. The time to look behind the curtain is now. Don't believe the lies. Are you really willing to risk not just your principle, but your liberty and your freedom for some of this stuff? I mean, seriously, a trillion times zero is zero. And it is just that simple. So if you have not seen the piece that I did last week on what's happening in these markets, make sure you go and you look at it because this bond market is absolutely collapsing now. Not in a week, not in a year, not in 10 years. Today, now, as you and I are watching this video, well, you're watching it because I'm doing it, but it's happening now. And if you haven't done it yet, make sure that you click that Calendly link below and get your gold and silver strategy in place and get it executed. Because just because you've talked about it, just because you've thought about it, you got to have it in your possession in order for it to do its job. Because we are all in this together and we've got to come together in community. Are you going to continue to allow the 1% to rob you of your wealth and your life and your freedom and your children? All of their opportunities? Is that okay with you? because we vote with our wallets and our purses, and this is my vote. In gold and silver, I trust. I don't trust this stuff that has a long history of going away. You wanna keep trusting this? Oh, well, oh, certainly the dollar is different than all these other 4,800 currencies, except it's not. It's not and the time to act is now. So if you haven't already done it, make sure that you subscribe, give us a thumbs up, leave us a comment, share, share, share. And until next we meet, please be careful out there. Bye-bye.